Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hi, Jenna. How are you? Hmm. Let me take a little inventory. I mean, you just told me you are so happy. You're like, I have such good news. Well, yeah, I mean, just a happy camper. (laughs) That happened last night. This morning, I just have to check in with myself. Okay, let's see. How am I doing? Yeah, I'm I'm okay. Wow. (laughs) Underwhelming (laughs) at best. (laughs) Well, you know, as always, I'm happy to be with you. Yeah. What a joy. Very happy that our sweet friend Chica is here. Can't believe it. Chica, thanks for coming to hang with us on The Gathering Place. It's so good to be with you both and everyone else. (laughs) Chica, can you do me the grandest honor of introducing yourself? Sure. My name is Chica Ayam. I am a 34-year-old Nigerian-American, the youngest of four. I have the absolute privilege of being an auntie to two girls and two boys, and my full-time ministry is to preach the gospel through speaking, not even speaking, evangelizing, trying to step away from that Catholic speaker thing. It's for evangelizing. We really do want to bring hearts to Jesus and bring conversions about. So um, that's my full-time ministry. I wrote a book with Life Teen almost two years ago, three years ago, called My Encounter, How I Met Jesus in Prayer. And it's funny because that's still the thing that I feel like I'm constantly working on is having a consistent prayer life. But God is always faithful, like Second Timothy says. What do I say? What, my likes, dislikes? I don't know. <laughs> I would love to know your likes and dislikes. Likes, dislikes. Top three. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, top three likes. At sunrises and sunsets, true story, because it's like one of those like, Jesus, you made this for me to see at this moment. I have to stop you right here. I've been reading this devotional book called He and I. It's like the revelation of Jesus's heart to this single lay woman in France. And one of the entries early on, he says, oh, how I wish my people would receive the sunset. It is my love for them. Chica, I'm going to send you that direct quote because that is clearly about you for you. Oh, please do. It is. Honestly, it's like one of the most beautiful gifts that I can receive from Jesus is sunrises and sunsets. The God who painted the sky is the same God who created me. And with what care he created this, what care he created me. Also really good songs make me cry. So that's my another love. (laughs) What uh, song is that right now? It is called Palm of Your Hands by Harvest and John Thurlow. And it doesn't make me cry, but just it's like a yes, Jesus, like you hold me there. You have me. You don't I don't need to stress or flip out or do anything but love you and stay in love with you. Did I say a third thing already? And my family, they're such good people. And my mom is my bestie. And And my best friend, Candace, she's like amazing. And we've been spending time together and encouraging one another. And that's been really awesome, too. Quick dislikes. I don't like Nutella. I don't like sprinkles that are like the long sprinkles. And I don't like bad drivers, man. I'm all up in L.A. and they just they make me pray so hard. (laughs) 
Chica, I loved the way you introduced what you do. You just said, I preach the gospel. It's so beautiful. That's not just jargon. That's in your heart. That's what you burn for. Yeah, absolutely. I experienced beautiful ministry at a young age, but not just ministry, but like Jesus was presented to me in a way that was tangible and was like in this loving relationship. My catechist growing up, Miss Carrie, Santiago, Wendy, Valdez, they were like the Lucy and Ethel. They were so funny. They would always get into mischief and they made Jesus real. And it wasn't like you have to be in this dullard type of relationship. It was like, no, Jesus is fun. Being about the Lord's business can be fun. The whole thing is about being in a relationship. I had a tangible relationship with the church that made me realize like, this is how my relationship with the Lord should be. Just like I have a relationship with people, I can have a relationship with the Lord. And even when I fought that, like in high school and college, even when I was in my very rebellious phase, I always knew I could go back to church. I always knew that the church was my home and that I could receive forgiveness and love and help And I really want other people to experience that. It's not just about rules and checklists. It's not just about saying certain prayers. It truly is about a relationship with a loving God. And when we love God, the overflow goes to his people. That's so beautiful, Chica. I'm curious, are you naturally a joyful person? Or do you feel like Jesus has refined a lot of that in you? I naturally, I think, am a worrisome person, which is really hard because people will say like, but you're a Christian, you have this relationship with Jesus, and Jesus says not to worry, and you know, what will worrying do? It can't add a a moment to your life, so what's the point of worrying? And I think that's so hard because people say like, if you're a Christian, then don't you trust God? And it's like, I know it's okay, but that doesn't stop the worry. I've similarly been caught in like, an anxious spiral Mm. like that. I think we all have, whether that's like a chronic thing and that's just the way our brains are kind of wired and so we jump there, or like in seasons of high stress, I think everyone can relate to that on some level. So I'm curious, because you have such a beautiful relationship with the Lord, how you've allowed him into that. Oh, that's a great question. And one that I think I'm probably still wrestling with, to be honest. Mm. The hard part is not feeling like I can sustain a prayer life that is without worry and that is complete trust. And so where I let the Lord in is literally in saying, Jesus, I feel like I'm failing right now. And that is my prayer. The most difficult part I think is I didn't want to think. I almost didn't want to hear what God was going to say to me in these times of like constant worry. And so my prayer was those short phrases of Jesus, I feel like I'm failing you, but I love you. Jesus, you know my heart. And I feel like that needs to be enough right now. Jesus, I trust in you. Lord, I believe help my unbelief. A lot of those short sentences were my prayer throughout the day, but I still went to daily mass. That was something that was constant. And that was even something that I remember from those moments of like just wilding out when I was in college and high school was that I had to go to mass. 
some of my prayers are, Lord, I can't do this, but I know that you can and you will give me the strength. Let this Eucharist be my strength. St. Padre Pio, my dude, I have him on the back of my phone, like his holy card, but he has a prayer called Stay With Me. Well, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Stay with me, Lord, for it is necessary to have you present so that I do not forget you. You know how easily I abandon you. Stay with me, Lord, for I am weak and I need your strength that I may not fall so often. Stay with me, Lord, for you are my life and without you, I am without fervor. Stay with me, Lord, for you are my light and without you, I am in darkness. Stay with me, Lord, to show me your will. Stay with me, Lord, so that I hear your voice and follow you. Stay with me, Lord, for I desire to love you very much and always be in your company. Stay with me, Lord, if you wish me to be faithful to you. Stay with me, Lord, for as poor as my soul is, I want it to be a place of consolation for you, a nest of love. Amen. Amen. Chica, that was so beautiful. And I think it recalls for me, I've just been so full of gratitude for the church and mm-hmm. for devotions mm-hmm. and the prayers of the mass that when we don't have words, the Lord has given us the words to pray through the saints, through the church, through devotions. Yeah. I loved the way you talked about your early experience of the church and of Jesus mm. and how formative that was. And I think that's true for everyone. However, we were introduced to the Lord, to the faith, really sets the tone for our life of faith. Mm. I once heard a friend say, you evangelize in the method that you were evangelized. I think that's true for every Christian. So if it was a very private thing if it was very devotion-centric but devoid of relationship, that's what you think there is, and that's how you proceed. But if that early experience touched every area of your life and was very relational and captured your senses, then I think you continue to approach the faith in that way. And I know for me, though, one of the ways that I was taught to experience Jesus was through meditation, to go on these imaginative journeys with Jesus and walking with him. And in that sense of, you know, when you read scripture and you put yourself into the scripture in that sort of way, in my daily living, that's kind of how I walk with Jesus is almost as if he's there with me. Just as I put myself in scripture, I put him in my daily life. Sometimes that's hard because there are times where I ignore him. And especially with these moments of, you know, anxiety and difficulties, it's, When I say, Jesus, I hear you, but I don't want to talk right now, or this is only what I am able to give you, it almost is as if I'm saying that to him face to face. And it's hard and it hurts, but I also understand like he knows that that's where I am. When we give from the heart, and even if it's scraps, if that's all we have, like we are giving from our poverty. And that is the greatest gift that we can give the Lord. It's not all this like, yeah, I have all this excess, so here you go, Lord, here's this, you know, here's that. It's, God, I have nothing. And in my nothingness, I give that to you. 
because I know he will make something beautiful come from this. God, I am just tired. I'm hurting. I'm weak. I am not at my best. And I give that to you. And I know that you rejoice over me nonetheless. Beth, you mentioned gratitude. And for me, the best way that I've been able to see Jesus in all of this is to live with a grateful heart. That's why people find it hard to believe that, you know, I have these moments of anxiety because they're like, we would never guess that. Praise be to God that he's given me the fruit of joy. That is something that I hold on to, is that even in the midst of seeing difficulties everywhere, I can still live in a space of joy and gratitude. I think that's so beautiful, Tika, because I think even if it's the first time you've ever had that anxiety spiral, I like how you worded that, whether it's the first time or the 50th time, to hear you say, I kept going to Mass, and, and you, Beth, to talk about the beauty of the church and just the beauty of liturgy, and again, of our faith in general, to offer us all these things in times that can be of great despair. And then in all of that, be able to say, Lord, thank you for this. Even if we don't have everything that we want in our lives, that we still have Jesus. It's hard. I will say this because I know that there's probably someone who's like, you know, I've been praying, I've been praying, and none of these consolations have been coming to me. And when I was in the midst of all this, I did not ask for prayers. I just couldn't because the devil's a jerk and made me feel like I was being needy. It was this weird sense of like, oh, you know, people are going to think you're jumping on this mental health bandwagon and now everybody has an issue. And so they're going to think like you're just being needy or you're just trying to get like whatever. So don't ask for prayers unless you're going to go to Jesus first. And I remember after kind of like hindsight moment, I was physically sick. I had like the flu or a cold or something. And I immediately was like, people pray for me. I'm going to give a talk and I'm super sick. And then I sat back like, whoa, why was it that you were so quick to be able to like ask for prayers for this physical sickness? And yet when you were having this mental sickness, you did not ask for prayers. But now again, coming out of it, It's the secrets make you sick. And the devil is just like, yeah, think those thoughts. You can't tell a soul. Don't tell anyone about this. You know, if anyone's feeling this way, please go and seek like medical attention, professional attention, therapy. It's okay. I was so overwhelmed that the thought of looking for a therapist overwhelms me enough to put me in a place of anxiety. Now I I feel like, okay, I I should go get one. But then it's like, well, but I'm fine now. But it's kind of like when people go to Jesus only when something's wrong. It's like, no, no, we need Jesus all year round, all the time. And so the same thing I feel like, you know, with this is all year round. So I do recognize the need for therapy, for professional help. And it's not in this like, because you're crazy. It's like, no, because you're human. And we all need someone to help us think through our thoughts and to walk with us and process things. You know, we go to Jesus and Jesus is so good that he is found in other people. You know, some people really do need medication and that's okay. Like we have to get away from that Jesus and Jesus only. Well, Jesus is so good that he's found in other things. 
I guess the other part to that is also, remember when we had the writer's retreat and I was like so diligently working out? I honestly think a part of this anxiety stemmed from the fact that I stopped doing all those things. That was, I think, September. October, I kind of sort of was regimented in that. November, I was done. Like, no working out, not eating well. And that's when things kind of picked up again. Hindsight is I was able to recognize that I need to be better at taking care of myself. That's huge. I mean, you just hit on it for me. It's not one thing. It's not only a spiritual battle. The catechism says that body and soul are a unity. So we have to attend to our physical needs. I see that in myself. I can get really in my head if I'm not exercising. I have to do it or my emotions kind of are out of control and that, you know, everything spirals. That's why we're using that word. We don't reach out to people. We don't work out. Then our eating's not good. So I have to tell you guys a quick story. I just recently have been having a lot of anxiety and Mike has a history of it as well. But he did this thing called neurofeedback. There's doctors everywhere who do it. The lady we found actually does it out of a church. You basically go in and you're hooked up with some electrodes on your head and you just look at a computer screen. You basically see what your brain waves are doing. She shows you, okay, this is a sign of anxiety. And she shows you like these heightened brain waves. And she says, what we're going to do now is lower your brain waves. So you're going to practice keeping it within these two lines. You're going to look at this, these lines that are like super wiggly and you're going to focus on lowering those lines. And so you're just staring at a computer screen. And at the same time, she's telling you, okay, you need to breathe deep. You need to exhale longer. You need to blink. And then she also, since she does it as a ministry, she also prays over you at the same time. So she's praying over you and like wanting to see results from prayer, but also from you doing it. So when I was pregnant, I was waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom every eight minutes. It's enraging. (laughs) And then I would have the hardest time falling back asleep. And then I had crazy racing thoughts. I like... I'm thinking of all of these things I need to do and get done and who's going to do them. No one. And I'm like trying to brush off my self-reliance and be like, okay, Lord, like it's only you. I like want to jump out of my skin. I'm like so anxious. I was telling the doctor about this at one of our sessions and she said, is this only happening when you're laying down? And I was like, um, I guess so. Cause it's like in the middle of the night, it's, you know, one in the morning or two in the morning. And she's like, well, maybe you're just not breathing. (laughs) Wow. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you have a baby and your lungs are being squished. What? And you're not sitting up. And she said, when people smoke cigarettes, they take a long drag because the nicotine has to get into their brain. She's like, same as us. We need to take a long breath of oxygen so that all the oxygen will go to our brain. Wow. And she's like, you're just not taking breaths. Like, you're not breathing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Like, it was one of those things where I felt so silly, you know? I'm like, oh, so it wasn't anxiety. I'm just not breathing correctly. But also, like, a great relief at, like, oh, I'm not just making this up. I'm not getting enough oxygen to my brain. All that to say, first of all, neurofeedback, I would want to highly recommend it. It's incredible. 
But secondly, what you guys are even saying about exercise, like exercise puts more oxygen in our brain. We breathe deeper. Mm. We breathe differently when we're exercising, when we're even walking, walking around. Like it doesn't have to be lifting weights or anything like that. Moving our body in that way gets our oxygen moving, gets our brain moving differently. That's a real scientific thing. Well, and what is that about crossing the midline? Like you're moving your body in different ways than you would just throughout your normal day. Yeah. And also do not be deceived. I am not doing some intense (laughs) exercise regimen. I'm walking or I'm not doing Jillian Michaels DVD. I'm not actually, but I am doing like (laughs) YouTube videos with a friend. So that has also helped me to come out of my isolation about like, you know, shame around my body or like not working out or not being disciplined. Now I have this person and I look forward to it. It's now become a joy instead of an obligation that I should do to help me in these other areas. Yeah. When I'm in these moments of anxiety, like I don't want to do anything, which means I'm not doing laundry. I'm not cleaning. I'm not focused on anything. And it just becomes this, like, I feel like I'm enclosing in on myself And when I go out, it's like, oh my gosh, like, look at things. I noticed different flowers that were in season, different trees and things like that. And it really uplifts your mood because you're seeing all of these things and sensing all of these things and and seeing the Lord in more places. And I realized when I was out of this anxiety, like, I saw colors. Colors were new. Colors were fresh. My room was brighter, especially after I did my laundry and put it away. (laughs) Everything looked new. And so even going on walks, like I take pictures of things that I think are beautiful. I have an album in my phone. I think that's called, and all creation was shouting with joy. And so I take pictures of like all of these things. And sometimes I'll post, um, you know, on Instagram. I hadn't done that in months because I couldn't see the beautiful things. Beauty really does inspire and change you. And the funny thing is, you know, I was still doing ministry within all of this, still, you know, giving talks. And I saw a lot of beauty in the teens that I was ministering to. And Lord knows how much they ministered to me and they didn't even know it. You know, that's where that joy comes in and the gratitude comes in because I was still able to do ministry in the midst of all of this. Everything that I said was still truthful as I will ever be as I could ever be. But God definitely ministered to my heart through the teens that I met throughout the country. And I saw like color in them as well. Thank you for sharing that, Chica. And I think for all of the truths that you just shared spiritually, there is also scientific proof that we need like vitamin D. We need to breathe like fresh air. We're not supposed to be behind a screen all day on our computer mm-hmm. or the TV or our phone. And when we go out and we see those brilliant, quiet, still things in creation, that yeah. calls to a deep place in us that longs for stillness and beauty. Friend, I've loved hearing your heart and spending this time with you. Thank you for coming on. Oh, praise be to God. Thank you for allowing me to share and to be vulnerable and to to say the hard things. And it's, again, an opportunity to recognize how imperfect I am, but how the Lord still delights in me. So thank you. Amen. Chica, could I ask you to close us in prayer? Ooh, I would love it. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we praise you. We glorify you, Lord. You are good and holy. You are deserving of all of our love. Good and gracious Lord, we come to you in thanksgiving and in gratitude for what you've given us. Mainly your very self, that you would withhold nothing from us, your body, blood, soul, and divinity. God, you give us everything. No drop of blood was spared on the cross. The fact that you defeated death so that we may be with you in heaven. The fact that you defeat the death of anxiety and depression, fear, and everything in between. Father, in your kindness, have mercy on us. We offer you, those who are just in the midst of struggle, whether it's for future things, they're fretting about past things, they're worried about the present, God, we give you everything. For those who are experiencing the worst of it, for those who feel like nobody understands them, Lord, we pray that you will bring a trustful person in their path to help them, to walk with them. For those who are feeling lonely and uncertain, confused. Jesus, we give you everything. And Mama Mary, be a mother to us. Hold us dearly. Hold us close to your heart. Never let us be separated from your divine son. St. Dymphna, St. Padre Pio, St. Monica, St. Paquita, and all of our, our friends, the angels and the saints, St. Michael, defend us. Be with us and pray with us. Walk with us. And show us the way to eternal life. Amen. In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Thank Thank you so much for coming on. You are a gift. Mm-hmm. Y'all are doing great things and beautiful things for Christ and the church. Keep it up. Thank you. Ditto. Blessings, y'all. Bye, friend. Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.